Hello, friends. Mark Myra here. Shane Allen here as well. Welcome to the Gentleman's Club podcast. Make sure you check us out Monday through Friday, 3 until 7 on 94.1 The Zone. Subscribe on iTunes. Now, uh, we got to interview Steve-O of Jackass. Yeah, we did. In the Jackass movie. So what was the one that he did? Uh, wasn't there one where like he abused animals? No, that's the opposite Wild of Boys? Steve-O. Oh, Wild. oh, yeah, Wild Boys. Or the animals abuse them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just basically the whole show was like, eh, hey, this animal's going to bite you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and then he did that documentary with he was like really strung out on drugs and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I saw that. It was on MTV, right? Yeah, that was that was rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talk a lot about his drug addiction <laughs> yeah. in the interview. Uh, did you ever do the Jackass stuff when you were a kid? Like oh, everybody, of course. Had a jackass yeah, everybody movie. did. They inspired an entire nation of teenage boys to light themselves on fire. Yeah. Well, mine was always like. We're going to roll my brother. It was always my brother. We're going to roll my brother off of like two concrete steps in a garbage pail. That was, it was very tame. Very I, weak stuff. See, I was, I didn't want to hurt anybody else. So I would always, I was always the one hurting myself. I'd literally let myself on fire. Like I would spray, I would cover mm-hmm. myself in axe because I was wearing axe. Still, <laughs> yeah. And then I would light myself on fire. That was my big thing. I was always hitting myself. Yeah. Just doing weird stuff. At one point, though, I did uh, hit. My friend was in a porta potty, mm-hmm. and I ran into it with my car. Wow! Very inspiring. So you're a little yeah. too old to be doing what you're doing. No, I think I was just an asshole at that point. I wasn't okay. working, ja- watching Jackass anymore. Oh. But uh, yeah, no, we made some Jackass videos. The worst one though uh, was with my little brother. We were jousting. Um, we were recording this like on bicycles. On bicycles, yeah. and I shoved my jousting rod stick into the spokes of his front tire yeah and he flew it was majestic until he hit the ground (laughs) and then he cried it always is majestic until they hit the ground never heard a man cry like that all right so here's here's the interview gentlemen's club with uh with steve-o check it out i i am feeling like i'm missing something by not watching the blackfish documentary because shane here he like you watched it and you were like super moved Oh, how, by, yeah. It's amazing. By what SeaWorld is doing by... I cried. Uh, yeah. And, and Steve, I mean, you... I mean, did you end up... You got, a, you got arrested got for arrested, the study in Hollywood, I got, right? I got uh, sentenced to 30 days in jail. Did you end... You had, so you had to do 30 days in jail. I went to jail and I was out in eight and a half hours. Oh, okay. Good behavior? Is that... Uh, how does that work out? Overcrowding. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, like, be- between overcrowding... The fact that I was a nonviolent offender, mm-hmm. the um, fact that I'm you know somewhat high profile of an inmate. Um, sure, there, there's no good outcome for, for you being for in the there? jail to having a high profile like uh, in- inmate. Like there's just, there's just no, no there's no upside. They just want to get that person the hell out of there. Yeah, they right. don't throw you in like Gen Pop, right? No, no, it's called K10 protective custody, Robert Downey Jr. block. <laughs> They named it after him, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what they called it the first time I was in there in 2002. What did you do in 2002 to get in there? Uh, felony scrotum stapling. <laughs> that's a felony? Well, it's called felony obscenity uh, in Louisiana and principal to second degree battery. So, to your own scrotum? Well, no, it was two separate incidents um, at the same show. Um, there was uh, a challenge... The audience, I said, who wants to get on stage and try to run across the stage past the bouncers? Right. I, I saw them as particularly um, effective bouncers, and, and um, it seemed to me that if, that 
they would uh, F somebody up. I said, they're going to F you up. And so I got this like 19-year-old kid and he tried to run across the stage past the bouncers and they stopped him kind of anticlimactically and as an afterthought, lifted him above their heads and, and spiked him uh, on the stage on his head. They just slammed him on the Jesus. stage like it hit his head on the stage. He was like bleeding out of an ear. Wait, wait, so you get hit with a charge for that? Well, yeah, it? I orchestrated the whole thing. And, uh, you know, like I, I put it together and, and um, I was like a, quite drunken on drugs. Like at that point in my career and the tour that I was doing at the time, I promised that I would be drunk and on drugs or your money back. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> was this, were you doing stand-up or was this more uh, like a stuff? I wouldn't stuff? qualify that as much as stand-up. Um, I mean, sure, some of it could be considered stand-up. For the most part, it was like um, I would like drink a lot of alcohol and, and make myself bleed all over myself and, and vomit all over the stage and – Light myself on fire, and right. you know, I would kind of go through Tibetan like, monks type of stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. there was a lot of bodily fluids and a lot of like, uh, you know, igniting of fire and a lot of consuming of uh, of alcohol. Like, you know, sort of running through a um, list of things that we were not allowed to do on television. So it was like kind of like a one hundred percent not allowed on television live show. Yeah, and uh, you know, it worked really pretty well for the time. Um, and in Louisiana, where that happened. Uh, Somebody was videotaping the show with like an archaic home video camera, turned the video of the kid getting slammed. You know, they, they turned over the video of the show to the news, uh, the newspaper. The newspaper watched it and said, wow, this is a crime. And they turned it over to the cops. Um, and the cops looked at it, uh, I guess, and gave it to the DA or something. And um, they determined that for orchestrating, uh, setting up and, you know, encouraging the the stunt where the kid got thrown on his head. Yeah. Um, that I, that I was principal to second degree battery, which was like the felony charge. And they gave me, uh, a, a fugitive warrant, uh, with bail set at $120,000 for the, for the battery charge. And then um, they looked at me stapling my scrotum to my leg while covered in blood, you know, completely naked, industrial staple gun. And my exact quote before I did it was, this is not art. This is strictly to be offensive. Okay. <laughs> and then I stapled my, my junk. And, uh, you know, I, they – I guess it's like a – it was like rural Louisiana in, you know, where states are, are divided not into counties but parishes. It's sort of a legal reference. And when you get outside of New Orleans and Bourbon Street and Mardi Gras and all that, like once you're outside of the New Orleans state lines, like it gets like uber conservative and they try to sort of mm-hmm. overcompensate for the hedonism of, of New Orleans. And they're more like conservative and crazy. So they really threw the book at me for the, the, the Stapling Act where they charged me with felony obscenity – and um, they gave me a, a bail, you know, a warrant with a bail of a full $1 million for Eesh. the obscenity charge. But so, it's your scrotum. Right, I know. Uh, it's their eyes, Shane. Indecent, obscene, whatever. Like, yeah. uh, so by the time all of this happened, it was like a couple of weeks later, and I was back home in Los Angeles when uh, the, the Los Angeles uh, fugitive police, you know, the fugitive division showed up at my apartment. And, uh, you know, they, they walked in. They said, we don't, I don't know what you did, man, but you got $1.12 million bail. We yeah. had to do this to you, Steve, but we got to take you in. <laughs> and uh, it was 2002. So I got locked up uh, in protective custody in uh, L.A. County Jail. And um, they uh, kept me because I didn't have $1.12 million bail. And then, um, you know, I, I was in jail for five days until they uh, – 
until I had a bail reduction hearing where they said, you know, judge, this guy is not a flight risk. He can't hide anywhere. Everybody knows him. And so they reduced my bail to 150000 I didn't have that either, but I borrowed it from my accountant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was out and then on tour. And, you know, like I was out on bail, like skipping court dates, touring Europe, like where I got arrested for international drug smuggling. Like, uh, you know, while out on bail in the States, sure. facing eight years in prison. But it all got kind of bumped down to misdemeanors. And um, frankly, like, it, it was one of the first things that set me apart as, like, sort of an artist in my own right. You know, like, I was, like, getting news as, like, steve and not, like, uh, as, you know, it was the guy, the guy from Jackass. But, you know, I don't know. I kind of felt like, like this, the, you know, it's an iconic thing. Like, I'm sort of known as the guy who stapled his balls to his leg. Yeah. And it wasn't something that I ever did on Jackass. And, um, you know, the felony obscenity charge... You know, the million-dollar staple really, like, kind of, I feel like, and this is kind of grandiose and, and douchey to say, but I felt like it set me, like, in the ranks of American heroes. Like, uh, no celebrity has ever been convicted of obscenity. And, uh, the, you know, I'm in good company for the ones who have been charged with it. Um, Jim Morrison, Lenny Bruce, Two Live Crew, and Steve-O, those are the ones I can think of. And I consider them all American Steve-O. heroes. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of a cool thing. You know, the kid sued me. Uh, he's, you know, claimed to have brain damage from, from the thing. And, and uh, I, I can't even speak for the validity of the claim. But, uh, but yeah, I went through, like, a lawsuit with a confidential uh, settlement. Did, did you end up doing any time for that? For I mean, I know yeah, it, it, it wound up being reduced to, like, whatever time served and probation and, like, a $5,000 donation to a women's shelter or something. Now, I've, I've, I've pinched the old scrote before. I feel like the the scrope part wouldn't hurt, but it's does right. it hurt when it goes through the leg? Yeah, they, they got very uh, insightful. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I've done it like probably a hundred times, um, especially if you consider like the first time I did it, um, I was thinking, man, I knew it was going to be uh, like a memorable thing. You know, I was working on mm-hmm. on, uh, on my Too Hot for TV DVD because when Jackass first got ordered from the pilot. They told me immediately to send in all of the video footage that you have so that we can license it and put it on MTV. And I, and I had been filming since I was 15 years old. I had so much footage, just like Bam did, you know? Bam yeah. and I really had, like, a lot of footage. And a lot of Bam's footage did go on Jackass. But when I sent in everything that I had, I was told, unfortunately, not one clip you sent us cleared the <laughs> standards and practices. Like, none of it is allowed on TV because um, they had a rule that if you're going to jump off of anything... Um, it could not be over a certain height, you know, like um, you could only jump from sure. so high. And um, and another thing, they were really touchy. MTV was really not okay with fire because they had had like a big lawsuit over Beavis and Butthead. Like, oh, yeah, that. Beavis would click the lighter and go, fire, fire. Okay. And so this kid, like in a trailer park, like, like you know, burned, set a fire and burned it, and, and MTV like got slammed. With uh, like you know, responsible for the death of a of a, of a baby in a, in a trailer yeah. park, and yeah. it was because of fire. They had some other thing that was fire related, and they were just like had no sense of humor about fire. And like my philosophy from early on in my life <laughs> was that like you know, if you're like gonna do a stunt, um, whatever stunt it is, like there's two uh, there's two spiritual axioms that are never wrong like one is that whatever you're doing it's funnier if you're naked mm-hmm. 
and it's cooler if you're on fire. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's in the, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've, I've read that before. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, you guys had to be such a headache for MTV because you were probably making them a ton of money. Right. But at the same but the time, they're like, the liability these guys crazy, are insane. Which is, why, you know? which is why Knoxville quit the show so abruptly. Um, so that we could get to making movies and have movie deals with the R rating, which would protect us from the liability. Do you get right. health care through them? Uh, like, how does that work? Does your doctor it, it, hate it all, you, it love you? It all comes down to like, uh, workman's comp laws, you uh. know, which is the deal. I never even asked the question, like, well, what if I get really hurt? You know, until the third movie, <laughs> when I was so The third movie? <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay. Yeah, and I never even proposed that scenario. Like, but what if, but what if? You know, like, when, right. once I got sober, like, that was a question that came to mind. <laughs> sure. But, uh, but yeah, back to the thing about, like, the, um, you know, I was sitting on all this footage, and I'm like, man, like I was like heard that they that none of it would clear, like none of it would be allowed on TV, and yeah. I thought, well, like what kind of a candy ass show are we gonna make? It was my first concern, and then my second concern, what wasn't a concern, was like, wow, you know, like I'm gonna make my own, I'm gonna take all this video, and I'm gonna make my own too hot for TV video, which I did. Like they had like a late night girls gone wild, banned from television, yeah, like too hot for TV. Like, uh, you know, like whatever, like, I don't want to say bump fights because I don't even want to say that. But, uh, you know, whatever. There was that, that direct response marketing of stuff that wasn't allowed on television. And I, and I did the, the exact same thing, man. You know, like, and I got to it pretty quickly. And so I was set out. Like, when they told me that I was not allowed to do something, like, that went right on my to-do list. You know, like, mm-hmm. like oh, I can't do it for MTV. Okay, cool. Sweet. So I'll mark that down. Like, this is my next thing to shoot. Right. And, and, uh, and so, like... It was a no-brainer for me to, you know, like film nudity. I don't care, you know. It's too up for TV. So, so when the, my whole stapling, like when the bar kept getting higher and higher, and I was like, okay, and I decided now it's time. I'm going to staple my balls to my leg. I I knew that it would be like a, a shocking and memorable thing, but I thought it's it's kind of dark, you know. It's really kind of disturbing. Yeah. I, I want to take the edge off of it, and so I wanted to be like sort of a, a lighter. Like more uh, funny kind of a you know light, lighthearted thing. thing, so I decided I'm going to staple my balls to both legs. Oh, okay. And call like a it web the, or something. And call it the butterfly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it looked more like a deformed <laughs> elephant if I was going to say you know like, but uh, but it's just kind of funny. Oh, the butterfly! And so then I just do it twice, and it was kind of more. Uh, crazy and and, and 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 that's the thing is that when you staple your balls to like even even just once mm-hmm. you got you got two holes going in entering the scrotum sure you have another two holes exiting the scrotum and then you have another two holes going into the leg yeah so that's a total of twelve wait no sorry six six holes per staple and then when you do the butterfly you're stapling it twice so that's a total of twelve holes mm-hmm. per staple and so that's a lot of holes you know and so like the second time I did it. Like I was like, okay, I don't want it to be the butterfly, but I want it to be funny. So I figured out, like, I, 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 I mashed, like, my wiener, like, into itself. Right. And then I pulled my scrotum over everything and stapled my scrotum to my stomach, and I called it the turtle, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Uh, but it wouldn't hold, you know? Like, the only way you could really get it to hold is if it was, like, pretty warm, you know, like I, the atmosphere. The atmosphere needed to be pretty testicles? warm so that you're more malleable. You had to dry them, right? And you had to be like kind of in a headstand, mm-hmm. so that because gravity would really mess with the the uh, the turtle. You know, yeah. and and um, when and when I did it in Louisiana, and I got arrested. Um, it was half a butterfly, just one wing, 
You know, and, and our jackass director is like, man, I can't believe you went down over a half a butterfly when you had the turtle in your back pocket. <laughs> well, well, that, well, that's the, that's the problem. Like a, be obscene. The, the, butterfly, like the butterfly was funny, but the one, the one wing, that's your yeah, genital mutilation. You're right. You know? That, you're right. <laughs> you that is up, not man. art. <laughs> I didn't even try to call it anything. It wasn't even art. You're right, man. And the thing was, like, you're right. Like, your, your point about the, like it hurting the leg more mm-hmm. than, than the scrotum. Um, yeah, none of it feels really good, but the problem comes when, like, and, and this would happen every once in a while, uh, and you just see the, the staple holes get infected, you know? Yeah. They, they, I had, like, in, like messed up, like, sort of infected staple holes in my scrotum, and that never stopped me from uh, from doing it again. Um, the, well, the biggest problem was that I had another trick, which I called the double back, and I, and I actually do that. Like, I found a way to do it, like, uh, in, in my comedy show, uh, where, like, I thrust, you know, back and forth with like, uh, you know, pelvic thrust, like all of my, my, my genitalia, twigs and berries, you yeah. know, like up and back and up and back and up and back. And then on the backswing, I sort of jump up and clasp my thighs together so that I, I catch, like with no hands, catch everything in the mangina position. Ah, okay. So it's like, uh, it's called, that's why I call it the double back, sure. you know? <laughs> Both twig and berries in the back, no hands, just straight thrusting, and then jump up and, and clasp. So it's it's a pretty like like a vigorous thrusting of everything coming up, smashing back and forth, and smashing back and forth until I catch it behind. And at one time, I made the gnarly mistake of doing uh, if it was a butterfly or a half a butterfly. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, but I did the butterfly. And then followed it up with the double back. Oh, yeah. So now what happened was, and this was like one of the scarier moments in my career, was like, was like, I, the, the, the staple or the staples, I honestly can't remember which, like went through the scrotum, like clearly, like, you know, rupturing some kind of a, maybe a a micro vessel, uh, what are those called? You know? Like, like uh, with just like a vein, ju- not a vein, like, but uh, like you know the vessels, you know, yeah, not yeah, a yeah. vein, but like, but it, maybe a vein. I don't know, but it wasn't like bleeding a lot, like when I did it. But somehow, like after doing that, and then the vigorousness of the double back, everything thrusting back and forth, oh, no. like you know, it made something happen to the point where the following day, like my 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 whole bag was full of like blood like it, it looked like like a messed up plum like i took pictures of it and i've since lost them but like it was like a pretty like like severely terrifying thing like it was like man like like it was like the whole bag was just straight like a plum mm-hmm. like full of blood <laughs> and like really like really messed up and bloated and gnarly and uh and and upsetting you know, it went back to normal, like uh, in fairly short order. But that was a, a scary morning for me. I'm just imagining. like, yeah, I mean, You know what? There was this girl. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're there. Fine. there was this girl that night that for one reason or another. And, you know, I think she lives in Rochester. And she's <laughs> like she was really like good. Look, I, I just thought, man, like I was so into her. Mm-hmm. And um, and and. Uh, Remember, like, she came back to the hotel with me, but then she's like, no, you know, like, I, you know, I'm not that kind of girl. And she actually, she held her ground. Yeah. And the craziest thing was, that, that was the next morning, man. Blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, Blue, purple ones. I'm just imagining, like, how good, to- 
guitarists like get the callous fingers from playing the guitar so much. I mean, right. are, your, are your balls like callous? <laughs> no, like, is it like yeah. a hard as a rock never, down there? Your is very weathered. And <laughs> there's never been up. the kind of regularity that would bring about uh, a, a callous. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you've been open uh, uh, about your addiction issues, but have you sure. ever sold? Have you ever sold drugs or did sure. I get to make money? Sure, you I, bet. I, okay, I bring it up because here in Rochester, there's a story. Uh, the University of Rochester, there was like a, a drug dealer and he was living with a couple roommates in a dorm and it was like a case of mistaken identity. His his drug dealer, like the main drug dealer, like he was selling pot or something for them. He's, he, they, they kidnapped... The people living in his dorm and they tortured and like sodomized them and wow. shot them in the leg and it took cops a couple of days to finally find them and they they're okay. Um, they're okay for, except for for the sodomy <laughs> and the, the being shot with a gun. Uh, but have you ever had a run in like with your higher up drug dealer when you were doing it? Was there any th- danger mm, like that? Let me think. Uh, no. Well, um, I, I was in Austin, Texas in uh, 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, having the government test drugs on me for money. And, and um, the more dangerous the study, the more money you get. And so sure. I was having drugs for pigs and cows tested on me to the point where it was like, you know, like pretty dangerous. Why don't they test on the pigs and cows? Well, because the idea was to appeal to a more health-conscious consumer. They uh, d- designed this drug called ractopamine hydrochloride, which would um, – Make uh, in in a way that worked like steroids, but in an inverse fashion, it would ultimately cause the cattle to have less um, fat and more muscle. Okay, you know, so then it would be a leaner meat with less fat to appeal to a health conscious consumer that wants more fat-free stuff. And so uh, should it ever become, uh, you know, a practice to use this drug uh, whenever anybody would eat that meat by the virtue of the fact that there is a trace of the drug in the meat and then the meat enters the human body, Uh, uh, they now have to, before that can happen, they have to test the drug on humans, not just like in the the uh, trace element or the, the trace levels that would they actually because it's going to enter the human body have to uh, determine how much the bo- human body can withstand mm-hmm. of that and so like the target for the study was to have um, the to have the uh, the subjects resting heart rate um, go up to 150 beats per minute which is like pretty dangerous yeah and uh, I, I was one like the I had the strongest heart of anybody in the group. And um, and I was fine, but another guy who was in the group was a drug dealer, and um, he uh, I, I, he just wanted a lot of money, you know. And I was just like, yeah, he, did, he would do it, you know. If there was, you know, he was just a gnarly guy, and he lived up in Killeen, Texas, and um, he arranged. Uh, he said, "Okay, cool, man," because we, my buddy and I, we, like we had been sleeping on a rooftop, you know. Like it took two weeks to get in. And we drove down from, from Colorado and we were sleeping on a rooftop waiting to get in and, and we let that be known and they were kind of rooting for us. So we got in and uh, we had to fix up the car to make it back to Colorado and so this drug dealer guy was like, yeah, you can stay with me for uh, a couple of days while you fix up the car. He also said you know, that he could get us a pound of weed for $500. Which uh, even by Mexican swag weed standards at the time was like pretty good. Like yeah. a quarter pound would go for like two hundred. You could sell just a quarter pound for two hundred. 
So uh, that's like even if you sold quarter pounds, you know, you, you could make three hundred bucks. You yeah. know, like and if you broke it down more than that, clearly it was like like uh, we wanted to invest our mm-hmm. money rather than just blow through it. And so we went up to the, with this guy to go by. Uh, you know, we stayed at his house, and then it was like the, after you know, like whatever. We did some, did some stuff. We hung out. We were all getting along pretty good. And then we went to go buy the pound of weed. And this guy, like, uh, to you know, gave him the money. He pulled like the out the back door thing. You know, like we're sitting there, and he like you know out out the back door. I'm like, whoa, you know what happened, man? Like he just took our money. Like we each gave him five hundred, so he took a thousand bucks off of us. And um, you know, naive as could be, we figured, man, maybe something happened. Who knows? We found our way back to his house. And so the next day, and the, the guy wasn't there. I slept on his sofa, like uh, you know. Uh, the next day, um, <laughs> my buddy's working on the car, like going to get some parts. I'm alone in this guy's house. The dude shows up back at his place with like a couple of his buddies, you know, and they walk in and they're like, Look, like you know, what what are you doing here? Like, they're pissed at me for being there, and then one dude just comes walking, comes marching right after me, and just I was sitting on the stove, and he came from way up high, like with his fist, and just boom, just punched me right on my head, like right down, and then knocked me, and now I'm on the floor, and they're just kicking me like, while I'm on the floor, and uh, of the cash that I had, uh, you know, like there was a check that was to be mailed, and we got a check in, uh, in advance, and like. You know, I think I had like 200, bu- 200 bucks that they took that from me. They really, basically really beat me up, took the rest of my cash, and then they left again. So now, <laughs> again, I'm This alone. guy's just leaving his house unattended <laughs> every beating people up right. and stealing from them. He, they <laughs> let, they let, and they were like, you better not be here when we get back, you know? Like, so they left again. And uh, my body shows back up, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is what happened. And we're like, oh, my God, we got to get it. Like, we, we gotta just get out of here, you know, like whatever. But like before we left, we ransacked this dude's house. Yeah, what we is- stole everything we possibly could. The day before, like he had bought like this like uh, aquarium with a snake, and he was like, "Oh, the, the shedding rock, the whole deal." He was like, "Man, I love my snake." Stole the guy's snake. So a snake <laughs> emptied his closet. We took everything that we could possibly take stealing was. While we're in the middle of ransacking oh, and yeah. stealing, like we see. A car pulling in, like, to the, like, you know, the headlights of a car pulling in, like, we're like, oh, my God. This was, like, the scariest moment of my life up to that point. Yeah. We dropped everything. We ran to the back of the apartment. We kicked out the screen, and we both dove out, out the back window, just getting ready to run for our lives at this point. Uh, because these guys, like, you know, they're, they're gnarly. Like, they, yeah. they are the kind of guys who have guns. Yeah, like, they own snakes. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. They're, and, they're insane. And, 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 but the thing was, like, as we, we dove out the window, we're outside, and then, like, we kind of put it together that that was just a coincidental car. It wasn't uh, actually there. Doing the turn so around. we climbed back <laughs> into the window, took everything, loaded up our car with a snake and everything. And uh, and and off we drove to to Colorado, like it. a significantly less rich, um, but uh, with our snake lives. out of it. Yeah. So yeah, that story came to mind when you asked about higher up drug dealers. Other than that, you know, like uh, I followed the great. I, you know, I spent all the money. Uh, you know, I talked my dad into getting me like a crappy used car. And as soon as I got the used car, this was still this was summer of 1994. Uh, I, I got my used car and I, and I went to follow the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. And I started with good intentions to sell beer. You know, like uh, everybody wanted to be a hippie and, and vegetarian, but I was like, you know what? None of these people are selling hamburgers. 
So I, I did pretty well selling hamburgers, but that was just too much work, and I resorted to drug dealing very quickly. Yeah. And at one point, you know, I mean, like, I was just, I was not like an ambitious drug dealer, you know, like I would like, my, like on fumes get to the get to the next concert stadium, and, you know, and like I would have like five bucks, or I would do backflips for dollars, you know, sure. <laughs> I, would, you know I would do backflips for dollars when I had five bucks. I would go to somebody who recognized me from like one of the previous shows and I was like, hey, I would work out a deal where I would buy three hits of acid for uh, for five bucks mm-hmm. and then sell each of the three for five bucks. And then I had 15 bucks and then at that point I would buy like, you know, maybe like an eighth of weed for 15 bucks and then I would sell it for 30 and then I would take the 30 bucks and I'd buy like, some, you know, a thing of mushrooms or whatever, you know. And then once I had like 100 bucks, I was like comfortable. And I'd spend the rest of my day like skateboarding and hacky sacking, um, back flipping, and <laughs> right, right, drinking, getting loaded, you know, doing my thing. I was never like you know ambitious. Like one of the guys that that, uh, that, that jumped in my car, like was had creepy amounts of drugs and money in my car, and like it made me uncomfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but at one point, like and it was at the last show at Meadowlands, um, Giant Stadium. And Meadowlands is not Giant Stadium; it was Giant Stadium in New York. And um, and uh, here I was like. I had like like some some acid on me, like like more than a few hits, and I was selling, or and I was so I still had acid on me, and I'm I'm handing over acid, exchanging the the acid tabs for the money. When a cop who was really like two cops, like really, I just didn't notice him. Yeah. You know, I didn't notice him, and and I made this exchange, and the cop right there, he says, he says like, hey. Like, hey, stop, whatever, you know? And, like, if they come over, like, I've got ass on me. And, and, like, all the Grateful Dead did, you know, like, for their legacy, like, the, their legacy is, like, fairly innocent deadheads, like, mm-hmm. imprisoned for, like, 10 years, like, or more <laughs> mm-hmm. for doing exactly what I was doing. That was, like, a ticket to, like, you know, that was, like, a really serious, serious situation. And uh, when that cop who was not that far away screamed, like, I... You know how like people can lift cars, like when the car's over a baby. Like grandmas can lift up a into the I turned into the most like gnarliest athletic sprinter. Parkour. <laughs> <laughs> Giant stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I was blessed with 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 an ability to sprint. Yeah. That you know, and you're right. Parkour, the the, the works, man. Like, and uh, and and it was a close call, and I got away. Um, and it was crazy too because like that night every dead show was sold out and I wasn't trying to maintain a low profile like later that night you know like I remember mm-hmm. like one of the uglier situations where like the deadheads like trying to get in and sold out like okay let's go and like leading the charge to like yeah. try and break down the barrier or whatever it was <laughs> like some like basically like not cool like um, riot type situation sure. trying to break into the show and I was at the I was in the front line you know, <laughs> that night after running from cops, like, but yeah. All right. Well, you're at the the comedy club. You're there. Yeah, we tonight. might have wanted to have mentioned that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the Steve comedy club. Steve was just on the show now. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, just, yeah. Just come back tomorrow. It'll be on the show. Right. I'm at the comedy club. Um, like uh, all weekend through Sunday. Uh, tickets are like like embarrassingly cheap. You know, because like I like to consider myself a pretty known guy. Thing is, I'm not known for stand up, even though I've been doing stand up for 10 years now. And I have my first comedy special coming out on Showtime in March. Nice. 
And uh, that's really exciting, man. Like, uh, my, like I really think that my Showtime comedy special is going to change the game for me in a big way. Because, like, I'm good. I'm good at what I do, man. I don't waste anybody's time. My tickets are cheap. I take a photo with every single person that wants one after every single show. And, uh, you know, it's time to come see me this weekend. <laughs> so uh, comedyclub.us. It's on Empire Boulevard. Wait, is it Lowe's or AMC Theater? AMC and it's possible AMC to get Theater tickets to the show on the website. Ticketfly.com or thecomedyclub.us. Ticketfly. Or just show up. Let's say that again. Let's say that again. You can go to ticketfly.com. Or thecomedyclub.us or call 671-9080 for tickets. Right. And that that is the owner of the comedy club, Mark. And it's cheap, man. Tonight, like he said, it's only 15 bucks. 15 30 bucks. Yeah, you, you have to sell like only like four tabs of acid in the parking lot. <laughs> right? You'll be good. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, Mark's a great guy, man, and, and his business has uh, just been refurbished. The place is beautiful. The food is, is exquisite. And uh, the the wait staff is shockingly gorgeous. Yeah, so uh, thanks for dropping by. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for keeping me on as long as you did, too. (laughs) 